content warning, this podcast contains mentions of war, harassment, racism, queer phobia, the works. Hi there, welcome to Queer Sounds. I'm so glad that you're listening once again, or maybe for the first time ever. Um, in that case, or in any case, my name is Hannah, my pronouns are they, them, and you are tuned into a podcast on Queer Folk's favorite tunes. Um, my guest today, you know, I don't know if you listened last week, but it's been kind of a heavy subject talking about politics. Uh, we've talked a lot about politics in, in this show, uh, on this show. We've talked about the European Union. We've talked about queerphobia in Jamaica. We've talked about um, fucking Afghanistan and everything going on there. So you know what? We're going to talk a little bit more about politics. And this time it's up to Ukraine. Who could have guessed? Um, but before we dive into the thick of it, let me introduce our wonderful guest today. Um, coming in from Sweden, it's Amy. Hi there. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very happy to be on the show and uh, I'm doing great. Really happy to speak more about politics and make us all more anxious for a second with music. Um, just for the record, what are your pronouns? Uh, my pronouns are she, they. Before we really dive into the thick of it, um, I saw that you followed, like, that you had some uh, IT type of college education. Um, but then, after like a couple of years, you drastically changed the directions. What made you change paths in your life? Oh my God. <clears throat> like, um, you know, being a kid and like figuring out what you want to do, it was quite hard. But I was activist since a very young age. I was uh, printing my first posters and uh, activating myself since I was like, I don't know, 13. Uh, so everyone was always saying, it's like, oh, uh, Amanda, you should start like, you should be a lawyer or something. Like, they could do, you could do stuff. Uh, and I had no idea what to do in life. And living in pretty patriarchal um, country as Poland, uh, everyone was keep telling me that I can't do math, I can't do anything that's science, so I can write good. <laughs> uh, so I actually was studying law for five to, uh, five years, and then I decided to, like, fuck it all. And uh, I learned programming and started basically... <laughs> figuring out life without being scared of how I'm presenting to myself to others. All right, so I actually had my facts backward there. You like you study something else yeah. and then maybe change to IT. Yeah, uh, right. that is confusing. Uh, I mean, I uh, I hardly can keep track of my life, never mind anyone else's. So, you know, I, I'm totally, I totally feel you. Um, I'm going to be superficial here. Mm -hmm. Say when you... Um, study IT. I figure you might also, it's a small step from IT to video games. What kind of games do you like to play in your free time? Oh my god, like I'm, I have like two moves, like uh, if I play, I play so much, uh, but recently I had like my depressive episodes, so I was diving into Stardew Valley and all the other like, uh, yeah, you have depression for sure kind of games, uh, but like my all-time favorite game is The Last of Us 2, I'm just, I don't care, I like how much diversity is there and how much it's pissing off people, this is like, 
oh, so much love towards this game, but recently I was also playing finally Cyberpunk because I bought PlayStation 5. So yeah, that's a pretty good game with all the bad start at the beginning. I'm not entirely sure. I completely missed the story, but why is The Last of Us 2 pissing people off? Oh, The Last of Us, especially 2. Have you played? I have not. Oh my god, I'm gonna like spo- not not even the first one. <laughs> I, I the only games I've ever played is Pokemon, but if you say stuff is people p- pissing people off, I'm interested. Oh my god, like listen, people think like Naughty Dog, like the company behind Last of Us, is paying me. They're not, but I wish because I'm I'm literally like I made my father, my cousin, my ex girlfriend, my girlfriend, my friend, a lot of people. I made them play, and like to the level I'm gonna buy them a game and just sit next to them watching so the last of us is an apocalyptic story and with the dlc to the first game uh they show that the not the main book like a main character that you're playing but the other um character in the game is gay so it was like 2013 so i was like totally wow whatever this is awesome and then i saw uh, on reddit like comments like how they can do that like i can't relate to a lesbian girl um so that was the first one but in the second one we have actually followed relation uh like um uh, like a gay relation uh with Ellie, that's white, but her girlfriend is Jewish. We have uh, an Asian um, transgender boy who's actually dubbed by a transgender um, actor. And then we have an uh, antagonist that is uh, female, but very masculine, very masculine presented. All the characters in the game also are very non-binary presented. I mean, like, they're using, like... Um, uh, gendered like pronouns and stuff, but uh, they're not built to be overly feminine and overly masculine. And then the game is just making you do terrible life choices and you disagree with the game and you hate characters and you love them and the choices that they're making have no impact on it. Uh, so yeah, you are very broken by this game and I love it. <laughs> so... Sorry for messing with your podcast from Musical One to just promoting The Last of Us, but it's perfectly fine. I mean, when talking about making terrible life choices, we, uh, I think, I think we all can relate. Um, speaking of great life choices, though, uh, let's have a listen to the first track of the day. I'm definitely going to butcher this name, but in my best goddamn Polish, Rozjep by Nosowska. Have a listen. Zły żył 
so fucking eerie I've, I love it um, I mean these three fucking minutes just flew by because of the structure of the song there is no chorus for his chorus there are only like these little short breaths of, of lyrics I my Polish isn't great so I've got no idea what is even going on but you know it's September. Um, the weather is getting darker. Days are getting shorter. And this is just a vibe when it comes to this time of year. Um, please, Amy, explain to you at home listening to this. Um, why did you uh, select uh, Roschep for today's song? course so i was thinking a long time what what song should i choose and i was thinking i'm gonna be mean and i'm not gonna go with uh, a lot of english um songs um i had like even more list like more polish and uh, uh and non-english oriented but this one was very special for me because it's a song like it's a very alternative song it's um uh, a singer from a band that was Pretty popular at the moment, but by herself, she was producing um, those um, albums with kind of electric, poetic, like weird, uh, weird songs. And this song, the only words that you can hear is like, what if I love differently? And this is 2000, like year 2000 in Poland. I am 10 year old and I hear that. And it's just like one of the first questions in Polish that were, um, th this question was uh, towards me from the radio, from, from something that was in, in the radio, not said like straightforward, like what it is, like what it is to love differently. And just to give you a bit of like the background, like like year 2000, the late 90s, the early uh, 2000s, um, this is not your regular European um, country. Uh, I remember there was no way of like watching queer movies. There weren't many and they weren't good, but they were there. Um, normally on TV, I remember Amy and Jaguar was a German black and white movie that was once showed on public TV at 2 a.m. So I was staying up <laughs> uh, to, to watch this movie that was about the war and I was a teenager and I had nothing to do, but it was about love between a, a Jewish woman and uh, a wife of an assessment in, uh, in Germany. So this song like, just happened to show in my life very early. I also like came out uh, as gay pretty early, kind of. Uh, it, was, it was very... Like inviting that there is something that it's not obvious, and uh, I feel there is many like songs in Poland from this uh, episode, like of this uh, time, but they are so like hidden in the meaning. So when then you went into this like gay underground of Poland, people knew that people would send those songs to each other. They would like they would be popular. This like small like uh, group of 
you know, queers online on some forums. Um, so yeah, I thought it's a it's a great uh, way, like as a as to show one of the uh, code words among uh, people back then when we didn't have like a good social media to connect. Uh, so yeah, it's a very simple song, kind of showing the evolution of Polish queerness. So um, this uh, this song that we 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 played just now is um, from the album Eight, released in 2011. There was a different song with like a similar title. Um, from the album Sushi at the, the year 2000, but all of that stuff isn't on Spotify. Do you have any idea why that is? Um, no idea. This is, this is interesting. <laughs> well, I guess that's something to figure out later along the... Uh, well, again, another part, like 10 years later in the evolution of this artist, especially... Uh, because it's the same artist that uh, created the song that I was speaking previously, but yeah. So, yeah, um, a no, um, little bit of confusion there, but what gives? So um, what was the general um, vibe when it comes to like the music you were listening to while growing up? You already mentioned um, this, uh, this, this, this artist, uh, Nakovska. Um, she was in a band before um was that just something that your parents also listened to was it something a friend or the radio introduced you to how did you get in touch with uh with this artist um so yeah i think like they blew up quite uh a lot in the year 97 when there was like a a flood coming through poland and then uh, this band with other artists they created a song um to like support people uh, suffering uh, because of the flood. And uh, she's also a very common songwriter in Poland. So it was like hard to miss the band that she was in. Although it was still kind of like alternative, uh, not very mainstream kind of music, but popular at the moment. And then I was like slowly... um, more like focusing on her private or her like solo career because yeah it was it was very much like i don't think she herself is uh queer uh but at the time she was just bringing around a lot of uh other queers uh through through the years so it was very like a a symbol of those times how did you uh how, how did your musical development happen um, over time, like if this is the artist that you listened to when you were like eight years old, I figure there's a lot of different directions um, music can go into uh, when it comes to like the stuff you listen to on a day to day basis. Okay, like let's just clear, like clarify. Also, when I was eight years old, like I was also listening to Spice Girls, uh, and I was still playing Love and uh, Kelly Family. So don't make me like super alternative genius child. Uh, they started then, but like I also was really loving to listen to those early songs when I was like you know thirteen, fourteen. So thank uh, you for clarifying. <laughs> I feel a lot more cultured now, or you know, I don't know something about cultural is uh, I. I don't like saying cultural elite, but, you know, it feels like if you listen to this at eight, that's impressive. 
No, no, I like, like, I for sure listened in radio, but at this very moment when I was eight, I was totally in love with Fel Kelly family. I don't know if it's popular in Netherlands because I'm in Sweden and people never heard of them, but in Poland, in Germany, people know them. Mm, I think it's a different generational thing. Like, um, I was playing music with my siblings and my mom was playing guitar and like my parents and grandparents were referring to the Cali family and I was like who's that and I was like oh they're just this family who make music together I was like okay fine I had no, no interest in looking up what they sound like I, I don't know I was very I was a big fan like um, yeah How, so <laughs> well, no let's take it from there like what would to those unaware of the Kelly family what made you like their stuff um, why should people listen to them uh, and I was very sympathetic, like, uh, it's, I very needed representation in any, like, kid needed. I just uh, had the thing, when I was a kid, I just very much liked to see other kids. And there was Angela Kelly, and he looked like a beautiful little girl um, with long hair uh, and looked like a literal angel. Uh, and he was singing this, like, boy that was kind of my age, like, a bit older, and that was kind of what was bringing me because like i see a very young kid that's supposed to be in school but he's on stage um i have no idea i basically didn't really like the rest of the songs of the kelly family so anytime that he was in the song i would listen uh but otherwise yeah it, it was very much you know like a, a childhood crush or something like that even though not like as an eight-year-old or less can have a crush but it was very big interest in this one specific youngest child of the family that made me listen to it a lot i feel like your um, music taste has differed a lot throughout the years how would you describe your favorite music nowadays uh, it's so hard because, like, I I am very um, emotionally attached to music. So music can really change the way I feel. Like, not only, like, support it, but it can actually change. So there's so many great songs that I am not able to listen because I will just feel bad or it's going to make me angry. Uh, and it very affects my mood. So that's such a waste sometimes when I see there's like something I, I really love, but as soon as I listen to it, I'm um, influenced way too much. Um, so right now I very much pick songs and I'm also an autistic person. So, I mean, I will listen to this one song for the next three months on repeat. Um, so it's actually different to say like how this path was, was going for me. At this moment, like, I'm really trying to keep an open mind. Like, for sure, as, like, you know, teenager, I would be like, oh, this is the only music I listen. I would not listen to something that is too mainstream or too popular because I wanted to be cool. Uh, right now, I I live in Sweden, which means I have to watch Eurovision every year. Like, I otherwise they will deport me. Uh, and after, like, I spent, like, five years in Sweden, so... Last Eurovision, I actually enjoyed. Like, you know, I didn't feel like I was forced to watch. Uh, and I have a list of artists, for example, from Eurovision. So I think times are changing so drastically. And um, and I will actually be like, you know, more going with the popular vibe. So 
last year I would totally go uh, after Moneskin uh, and then I had super huge obsession with Lil Nas um, being so happy of seeing uh, black man gay representation who is so like like he's not apologizing for anything and my recent obsession is totally Lizzo another person who just doesn't give a slight as fuck and makes me feel so good that uh, she actually stopped my panic attack in a changing room uh, because I was listening to her. So yeah, I feel like I am very going pop, but also whatever makes me feel good at the moment. I feel like you just, you know, captured the pure musical essence of this show. We've had Lil Nas, one of the most played show uh, artists on the show. Uh, same thing goes for Lizzo. Back when I started this in like 2019, I didn't even realize when I would have playing her back to back to back. Um, and of course, I wouldn't be a European podcaster if we wouldn't talk about fucking Eurovision in September. Um <laughs> However, yes, and I did that too. You're speaking about Eurovision in September. I feel terrible for doing that to both of us. Don't be, uh, <laughs> don't apologize for it. Like, if Lil Nas can be unapologetic about whatever he does, then we can be unapologetic about talking about Eurovision in September. And all of the sure. Americans listening to this, what up? I hope you're enjoying this. Um, we're going to move away from the pop bit, though, because it's about time we play the song in the category Favorite Queer Artist. Uh, I didn't even mention them in my like spit about uh, artists I listen to, so yeah. You'll get, you'll get the opportunity to talk about them. Let's first have a listen. Here's a track called Awede by uh, Mushroom Lila. that doesn't really fit the pop vibes that we've been talking about. I'm loving this contrast, this uh, this inside you are two wolves type of situation where, you know, there is one very pop and the other one, you know, very artsy and obscure. And like, yeah, I'm going to have these, going to show these people what real taste is. Um, 
That's again so much over the top, like explaining to me because I kind of, I must say, I kind of cheated with this category. <laughs> how did you? How did you cheat? Because you know, I love a cheater as long as you don't notice how they cheat. But if you're going to play open card with this, please indulge me. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I I was thinking about like many artists, but like this artist in specific, it's just very special to me on the level that like. I haven't been at the concert, you know, I'm not like following, I don't have like um, uh, autographs, uh, I'm not crazy about them, all the level that like I follow them everywhere. Uh, what had happened is uh, I had them on my playlist for a long time um, on Spotify and my friend uh, that is uh, Iraqi, uh, she, uh, they lived in Syria uh, and they moved to Sweden one day was just sitting with me and they recognized the song and they were so surprised because this is a Lebanese band uh, singing in Arabic uh, and from Poland to Arabic country I always say that it's actually very close culturally but then there's so much hatred uh, from Polish side so I was just thinking like this is so cool that before we actually knew each other before we were friends uh I somehow found this music that I really liked. And then um, Mara told me, my friend, sorry for <laughs> breaking your name. Uh, they told me that this is a queer band from Lebanon that was actually often, um, there was a lot of um, controversies around the band, actually openly supporting LGBTQ plus rights, having rainbow flags on their concerts. Um, there were actually some issues with um, with attacks, with people uh, being sentenced to jail. Um, and I was just thinking it's such a specific, once in a lifetime, like a random thing that it, it just connected. It was like one... Uh, band that I was really enjoying. I had no idea about it. At the same time, it was a band that my my friend knew and liked uh, and knew it was like, popular uh, in a totally different region of the world. Uh, and I was thinking it's very worth to uh, put some good Arabic music to your uh, listeners from, as you said, Europe and uh, US. So this is like kind of my... Something that I also kind of know from my blog, just bringing the uh, Arabic culture to people that think they have nothing to do with them. And as you said, like showing like, oh, I'm so individual and stuff. Like, no, I just really like this song. I have still no idea how it happened to be in my playlist. Um, but since they I'm like more and more in love with the band, with what they did and what they are creating. Well, I can definitely recommend anyone to like add this to their own personal playlists. Um, I uh, I kind of want to really get into like the thick of the episode because um, the main reason I wanted to have you on is all of the amazing fucking work that you do when it comes to um, Ukrainian refugees as like a person from Poland living in Sweden. Um, you created FAQs you give people instructions on how to fucking cross the border as a refugee like all of these resources that you're sharing um on your socials i was so goddamn impressed so um i really wanted to like give you the opportunity to share that with everyone 
who's listening. How did you how did you get into that? You mentioned you were an activist from like an early age, but there is a clear switch on like your Instagram in particular, where as soon as the war broke out, you were like, okay, it's all about Ukraine now. I'm here to help people. Here are some resources. Like what made you make such a quick decision in that aspect? First of all, like I'm neurodivergent. I do very like bad decisions very quickly in the middle of the night and then I have to suffer the consequences even if they have a positive outcome. It's still like uh, sometimes I'm just realizing like what did I bring on myself? Uh, the switch to Ukraine wasn't exactly the switch to Ukraine. Uh, I I was waiting, of course, like I mean as a person born and raised in the Eastern Europe. Uh, we are just born with fear of Russia. And that one day, like I woke up, uh, woke up I was born uh, in Poland that was like um, free of communism, but still it is something that was kept uh, generation from generation. Um, and, but we never really like believed that. And then I moved out to Sweden and m- most of my friends are actually, um, refugees uh, or asylum seekers or people of color that came to Sweden. Uh, that was like a big change for me coming from Poland that is very homogenic, uh, very white. Um, I could be different because I was gay. I could be different because like I look, I, I could be different. Like I was different and I was um, not uh, welcome because of that, but still like my you know, the war, uh, when I came to Sweden, wasn't that a faraway concept. It was actually something that my friends came through, uh, that were dealing with, that had to, like, uh, move their lives and stuff. So it became very personal, especially with the contrast that I was still um, activist and, like, blogger, journalist back in Poland. So I had this feeling that, you know, I can't really... Uh, show my thoughts and like my development to Polish um, readers uh, because it's so hard, it's so deep to explain. And then the war in Ukraine came and my first thought was that my colleague from work is a black man living in Ukraine. And I just wrote to him, it's like, hi, like, do, do you need any help? And when he answered, he was like, no, it's fine, it's very nice, uh, but I think we're fine, it's okay. And 20 minutes later, he was like, answered me that like, um, I'm so sorry, but when you wrote to me first time, I didn't know the war started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I was just like, because I didn't mention anything, I thought he knew, it was like, hi, like, do you need anything? Or do you have transport, whatever? And he was like, yeah, I didn't know the war started. Yes, I would very much appreciate any help. He's, uh, he's always like so polite and so proper. And I mean, like, of course, like, Let's let's do that. Um, so it was like seven in the morning, the Thursday, the day that the war started, and uh, he was in Lviv, which is quite close to the Polish border. So as soon as he got there, uh, uh, we saw the difference right away that his wife, that's white Ukrainian, uh, was let through the border easily, easily as it can be during the war time. So, I mean, it still was uh, a couple of hours. Um, but he was uh, taken for like 12 hours overnight to stay there. Then he was taken in Poland, transported by bus to another place. Like, 
he was just taken captive right away, like not officially. He wouldn't be able to like really contact and be treated the same way as uh, as white Ukrainians. Um, so me and my dad were on the phones and we were calling this place. Uh, you know, I was doing my full Karen, uh, like I want to speak to your manager <laughs> kind of stuff to get in contact and take him out. And after annoying the shit of the person <laughs> who I was keep calling from the border control, uh, we were able to uh, release my colleague after one and a half day. And he was quite lucky because people after that were standing at the border in February. It's it's called people in uh, in Poland in February uh, for a few days without food, without warmth and stuff. So that's kind of how it started. I saw what happened to my colleague and I was thinking like there is more people of color, there's more queers, especially the queer uh, issue was important because like, yeah, um, people with uh, uh, like with um, assigned men in their documents uh, weren't be able to cross the border. Uh, then also people with female in their documents uh, would be questioned, they were scared. So it was the whole thing, like how to how to make them cross the border safely and find them like a safe space because yeah everyone wants to take people home but not everyone wants to take people home that are non-white and they are queer and uh, then you have to find hormones for for them so it was a whole thing and more and more people just started contacting me and out of nowhere i just kind of started doing that full time because i the same like day i also took my day off from work because i got covid uh, so while I had COVID, I was 20 hours on my phone and, and computer because those people were just writing to me and it just felt wrong not to answer. Uh, so I got this, my autistic hyperfixation and that's how it became quite a big deal after a while, as you could notice. Yeah. We've been, uh, writing since May to get this episode, uh, you know, trying to, to get this to happen. I bet, though, you're... I mean, at least you shouldn't be the only one doing all of this. Um, do you do you feel supported? Do are, You're giving all of this love and care to all of these people. Do you feel like people still, you know, love you, care about you? Um, you know, the thing is, like, this is not really something I'm, I, I know it sounds maybe wrong, because of course, like, you want some support and love from people, like, when you're a public person, but uh, I'm kind of, at the moment in my life, that I kind of feel like this queer grandma, and I, I just see those cool Gen Z queers that are doing so much stuff, but they're not able because they are young, they're not financially stable. And I mean, my whole journey of like leaving Poland uh, and also changing my career is to support the way I live. So I am very prone to lose my job because uh, my mental health is like up and down. Uh, but then also I have like uh, a well-paid job so I can survive from that. And also my salary in Sweden compared to salaries that are in Poland, I could just very easily, you know, like send someone money to rent a car or rent a hotel or something. So I just felt this like need to support the local queers that want, but they don't have the experience. I feel so old when I'm talking about it. Um, 
so of course like i don't want to say like i was by myself like after a while like i i needed people because it was so many people like to um, to fix all of that and um my instagram was so busy that like whatever i asked i i had a per like 10 people in in a few seconds to to fix that for me so uh i had this help but i also i just felt like some stuff I really just, I can do it. Like I privately work in a Web3 space. So for example, from all the leftists, I was the only person who was having crypto and crypto was the best thing to send at the beginning of the war to uh, people stuck in Ukraine because people start uh, stop taking Ukrainian currency. Uh, so yeah, I was just like, I'll play the helping around. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know if to answer your question, but I, I I notice in your answer there that you mainly focus on like the practical side of things. Like, uh, do I need financially supported? No, because I don't really need it. I have the means to like send people money in case they need it, and uh, you feel comfortable in what you do. However, it must also like take an emotional toll. Like, how do you how do you cope with all of these like daily struggles that you were actively facing? Uh, like I, I was able at the moment to very like remove my emotions. Really, it's uh, a lot of people were saying like, "Oh my God!" Like if you hear all the stories, you you must be devastated. And I mean, the stories were devastated, but I mean, it's it's pretty hard to be a queer person or a person of color, especially a queer person of color. So it's it's just something that like yeah, but like practically, this is the way we are taking you from place A to B and we are helping you. So I needed this practicality to keep me sane and to make things done. I I couldn't just like, you know, it, it was like at some point there were also started like people kind of scamming, you know, just writing and like um, asking for money because like this or that. And like uh, the volunteers that were working with me, like were falling for that so often and, and like it's a short decision. Like I can send this money to to them, or I can actually, you know, uh, rent a bus, or um, actually like buy food. So people around me were very like stressed. They was they they had a hard time to like make a decision, and I was like keeping it reasonable, like yes or no, because otherwise nothing would really happen. And I think that was that was something that was like missing from a lot of uh, other people trying to help at this moment that I was I was also tired because a lot of organizations, private people, celebrities were reaching out, but their impracticality, like them wanting to help but not knowing how was super annoying to me at the moment. And of course I know it's not given that people know how, but I was I was a very like straightforward person that could sound mean uh I think in the at least three first months. Because I really to keep myself sane, I I needed to I needed to like away put away all the emotions. <laughs> all right. Well, those were the first couple of months of everything that went down in Eastern Europe. Um, for now, though, let's take a breather before we move ourselves back into the here and now. Um, third track of the day, best live experience, best concert experience. I never loved this hard by Tammy T.
auto-tune on it uh there's a reason tammy t has been on the show before because she's so goddamn amazing um so uh you chose this track in the category best concert experience why um i was wanting to move a little from this um kind of painful memories uh of living in Poland. I had a lot of like experiences uh, of, on concerts that I wanted to share, but I thought this one was very special because Tommy T had a concert in Stockholm uh, on a boat. There is uh, sometimes open uh, a gay boat in Stockholm called Patricia, and Tommy T was um, uh, having a show there. And it was such a cozy experience because the space was so tiny, kind of claustrophobic, but going there like having uh like listening to those like electric uh altitudes uh it was it, it was very nice new feeling for me because it was like early years when i moved to sweden so i remember the first time i heard tammy t it was before i i was living in sweden and i remember being a bit like oh i hear like uh Words like cock and like actually like singing about sex and uh, then have a, a transgender artist. I remember being like a bit shook because you know I was this girl from Poland. Uh, then I was at, the, at her concert in in Sweden and it just felt so right, so at home, so so safe. And I think it's also a bit um, sad to mention at this podcast because uh, last Sunday uh, Sweden had elections and um, this big, the second biggest party in Sweden, now we're going to move to Swedish politics, the second biggest party in Swedish election is um, Sverige Demokraterna, which is very, um, they have connections with Nazis, with nationalists. It's It's a very big step back for for Sweden, and I have friends here that grew up, uh, been raised here in Sweden, and are coming through something that I can't take that seriously anymore. You know, like being <laughs> raised in Poland. Uh, but I just feel bad because, like, the safe space right now is is under this like dark cloak. So yeah, this uh, ambiguous experience about Tamiti. Before we listened to Tammy T, we were talking about everything you've been doing, like the uh, first few months, the um, the war in Ukraine broke out. You're, it's It's been half a year now, and let's just, in all its simplicity, ask the most difficult question Im- imaginable. How are you? I am tired. Oh. <laughs> uh. Long story short, I am I am very tired. Uh, I would like to, you know, I, I like to keep it kind of real with people online because there's a lot of activists and they are often pronounced. Uh, a lot of them are, are tired and I am as well because it was and it is a huge journey uh, f- for me to maintain this. Uh, of course, it's not as intense as it was at the beginning. 
Um, but now it's like kind of more serious because I actually have contact with people on a daily basis that, you know, I need to support. I need to make sure they have somewhere to live. They have something to eat. They are not used and abused. And um, I think I'm a bit bitter also by, by uh, a lot of organizations and people that try to help. And I just so a lot of marketing PR uh, moves during this war and it's just it's just tiring it's just tiring to see that and see also how fast people are getting used to uh, situations like that so what do you do in your day-to-day uh, -day life right now in order to stay sane like earlier you were talking about just trying to switch off your emotions um, but right now like has a has has a lot changed like for you emotionally over the past six seven months um it's hard to say like um like i definitely need, need my therapy eventually <laughs> uh but um i'm trying to like um work on it a bit differently as i said it helped it wasn't as intense it wasn't you know uh contact with hundreds of people per day um right now I'm I'm still looking for the balance, you know. It's it's actually hard because it just feels that more possibilities you have and I just feel like there's always like I always like I still have, you know, some savings. I still have some money, I still have some energy. I could do something and then it's just like I'm just crushing like uh I'm working on it. <laughs> I I really hope uh, at some point I will uh, reach a balance of it because definitely the Ukrainian um like Like the war in Ukraine was the biggest, the most um, draining uh, piece of my activist work that I've done, I guess, in my life uh, for such a long time. So it's it's definitely something to use to like you know not not every day there is a war in the next door country uh, that you're full on. So it's it's hard to find you know, like um, advices like how to deal with it. Um, but I'm trying to speak with other activists. We support each other and try to go on mm, uh, i'll make sure to like include if you if you want to of course um like you can uh you can leave some like resources in the course on the show notes so people can help you out if uh, if they feel so inclined um let me know after the recording like whatever it is people can do and i'll make sure to include that in uh, in the entire thing okay you, you know what no um Tell me about it now. Like, what can people do? Listening, you're listening to the show and wondering, gee, I'd like to help people in Ukraine. Um, I want to be more of an activist. I want to be, you know, I can't imagine, you know, being part of a historical event right now. But here you are. You're you're mm -hmm. alive. The world is happening and you need to do something. What do you do? Um, Amy, take it away. The stage is yours. Okay, um, there's so many things you can do. Like, I think the, the easiest one is to vote in your countries because that's uh, an ongoing issue in every country that it's uh, turning more right, more uh, nationalistic, and uh, that is not helping uh, any country because even if Poland, for example, is praised so much in, uh, in media for helping, the country is not able really it's not even that they don't want to it's it's hardly capable so vote um i would really want you to support um people as close to the root as possible so if you see uh an instagrammer that is a, a 
a refugee from Ukraine and uh, needs any help, send them money. Uh, I would say like money is really always the best way to support people uh, if you don't know what to do. Um, buying people stuff, like you never know what their real needs are. And I highly suggest to support financially, even with the smallest amount of money you're uh, capable, if you want to help. Um, that That's great. I'm happy to share links with the people are, I highly recommend, especially I would like to mention um, the uh, organization uh, Black is Polish, that it's... Um, was doing a tremendous job of helping uh, black people uh, from Ukraine. Um, their work, like every day, is is just amazing. And if you want to spend money somewhere, show it them. Uh, there's also a couple of other activists uh, from Poland that were working or keep working. I'm also happy to share links to them. Uh, some of them are struggling with daily life. Uh, it would be super cool if you can like pay them. Uh, for a coffee or something um yeah like i don't want to give you too much details because as i mentioned uh it's sometimes you can overcomplicate helping uh but helping directly people is actually the, the easiest way all right so while everything is going on as long as people are donating to whatever uh thing they um whatever organization they seem fit um, I bet there is also like a role for music in all of this. Like, uh, has music played a role in keeping you sane, basically, over 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 the past few months? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, Lizzo was doing wonders in last month uh, to me, um, but it was so cool to see like how uplifting music can be and. Uh, like I know a lot of Europeans are so pissed off Eurovision this year we're gonna move to Eurovision again um, but I was actually like so happy to see this kind of like uniting over uh, over a music festival that it's still it still sucks like let's say it like they still have Israel and no Palestine and this is uh, like I have a lot of issues with the show by itself but it was something it was something to, to show people at least to uh, Show the problem bigger because people quickly forget. They they forgot about Afghan. They're forgetting about Afghanistan, Syria. They they are forgetting about Ukraine as well. Um, maybe they're gonna stay a bit longer because most of the Ukrainians are white. But yeah, I actually didn't mention even my uh, favorite. I really wanted to include it, but uh, run out of positions. Uh, band from Ukraine called Ga, uh, with the song Shum. Uh, I just highly love it and their uh, singer was so involved uh, in, in actually supporting Ukraine through the whole process um, speaking about Ukraine and uh, showing also the life uh, of her uh, living uh, every day in Kiev going to the basement whenever there is bombing so I, I highly recommend to, to check her because I didn't have a chance to, to mention her on the show and you still have the opportunity to play Goa instead of Bad for Lashes. Yeah, let's do that then, because Bad for Lashes I included as my uh, drunk song of, uh, that I just personally love to do, but definitely we should we should change uh, 
I, I want to leave you with some Ukrainian spirit. All right, yeah, it only feels appropriate to um, to play Go instead of Bad for Lashes on this one. You d you did select Bad for Lashes, um, a track called Laura uh, for this show initially. Um, if you do feel so inclined, you can check it out and. Um, on Spotify, the Queer Sounds playlist, all of the songs featured on the podcast for the past year. Um, I will make sure to include Laura by Bad for Lashes on that as well. But for now, I feel like it's only appropriate to play Shum by Goa, like a Ukrainian Eurovision act. We love to see it. For now, though, this has been Queer Sounds. Um, I'm not going to share any ways to share the show financially because all of the money for this episode should definitely go to all of the Ukrainian support funds. But you can definitely still drop us a follow. That's at Queer Sounds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Thank you so much for listening. Here is no official Eurovision number one, but definitely a Eurovision number one in our hearts. Shum by Goa. Дети зимовала, я садочка на клиночку, сорочечку.